0: <laughs> we have been reading from this kitab The Four Actions to Acquire the Friendship of Allah By As mentioned already Hazrat had written this At the very latter part of his life and he mentioned this is his seventy years of experience that a person who brings this into order the four aspects that are discussed in this kitab (coughs) then this will become a means of everything else very easily falling into place so this is his experience that he has poured into this place, into this kitab person and all these four things are things that are emphasized in the Hadith, in the sunnah it's wajib aspects which are also in the Qur'an Sharif in terms of gaze, heart so these are not things that are just on an optional level all which are necessary in any case one is that something is now on an optional level so a person now, okay, maybe he does it, be very good, doesn't do it not so serious these are not things on an optional level, it is necessary and Hazrat experience is pouring out here that people who took the courage and took the step and they got these four things in order then everything else fell into place very easily and the aspect was mentioned yesterday that a person who is writing an examination, so he starts off and he writes He starts off with the more difficult questions first and writes that without any difficulty. So what is the issue then left with the easy questions? That is no, no problem at all. So these are the things people find challenging. The first two things as mentioned again that are really very, very easy. And once it's done, then it's done. But many a times to take that initial step becomes a challenge. This is the barriers that come from the side of nafs and shaitan, and the influence of sometimes people, environment. That's the thing that we need to get past. That environment, the environment is what we decide to make of it. We don't have to be led by the environment. We should lead the environment lead the environment by bringing alive what Allah Ta'ala has commanded us initially they might be, somebody will say something, some will do something but those who take the courage, Allah Ta'ala will use them as the means to change the environment if you look back none of us saw that time but those who saw it, they speak about it still in the early sixties for example Now the early sixties, perhaps most sitting here weren't around in that time but in the early sixties the description of the situation that was in South Africa which people who saw it and who witnessed it, they mentioned it, so there was no environment that we have become quite accustomed to that we see nowadays that despite all the numerous issues that still carry on unfortunately but alhamdulillah if a person wants to find a place to improve his deen then there's madaris, there's makatib there's the work of Dawat and tabligh, there's the Khan Qas. it might not be as It used to be in many other places previously but compared to what it used to be in the early sixties as we mentioned, even much later than that, there was hardly anything of this nature. Very, very few people even had some consciousness of this. So if a person wants to, he has some talab, he is seeking to try and improve in his deen, there are ample opportunities available for him, it is just a matter of him taking the step forward. For example, in the month of Ramadan, many many places throughout the country, alhamdulillah, there is the tartib of ahtikaf, ahtikaf programs where there is an islahi program in many masajid, many many parts of the country, alhamdulillah. This is just one example of many, so the environment that we see now, the ishtima takes place, there's thousands of people previously going back to the 60's all this was not anywhere. Hardly any person would be seen wearing a kurta. Hardly any person. Perhaps people talk about it, that woman in hijab, in proper niqab, probably could be counted on the fingers of one hand not in one town, probably in the country. In the country it may be a handful basically. Now that was the situation once upon a time. The masajid, so many times, Mufti or principal Mufti, Ban Mufti Bain Salih sometimes in the discussion comes up, so he used to mention that they used to live in Spingo Rail, so Fajr time they had a Bucky used to go around picking people up because otherwise nobody will be in the Masjid. Either it will be just the Imam and the Masjid, in many places that was the case and some places even the Imam and Masjid also saw nobody else coming, they to stop coming. So this was a common sight, it wasn't something that was an odd situation some way only, this was a common sight. But then some people took the courage not to flow with the tide. Especially at the time when the work of Dawat started off, Haji Bhai Rahmatullah when he came back. So those I heard from his family people himself, from themselves, that they were also among those who, meaning elderly people who passed away now, They also thought that he was Something wrong with him now He's lost his mind What is he up to? What is he trying to do? People couldn't understand What's this all about? And where has this come from? And will this person Something has happened to him He needs some ilaj and treatment maybe But there were those who took the courage Not to flow with the tide The wrong direction is going in But they swam against the tide The barkat of their efforts what we are seeing around us. So this didn't just happen just because it happened. It happened because people took the courage to do what's the right thing. Obviously they took the direction and the guidance of their elders, their seniors and they built their connection with Allah Ta'ala and with that strength of Iman they swam against the tide. And then we see Whatever the changes have happened, this didn't happen overnight, it took a long time. Gradually things changed, but now we see where it is. Those who were in that time, mentioned that sometimes when one, a Jamaat had to be made now for three days, so they used to sit in the West Street Masjid in Durban, and the tashkil used to be made, and the Jamaat used to be finally made up of people ranging from somebody all the way maybe from Stanger and all the towns in between and going all the way up to Pitamaresburg and all that put together one three-day Jamaat will be made from one Masjid but that's not one Masjid in like almost half the province now that was a situation once upon a time the first Istima that took place they say in I think it was in somewhere in the Midlands or northern Natal, probably in Dundee or Washbank, wherever it might have been, there were 300 people present for that ishtima. It was regarded as a very big step forward. Now all these things happened over time, that the effort was made, somebody took the courage to do what is meant to be done, and they didn't bother about the comments that were heard, they took that in their stride, they made supper on it, the, somebody mocked them, somebody, whatever else, everything they took in their stride, now that happened at a level that we can't imagine sitting here now, meaning the kind of pressure, the kind of challenges, it wasn't something that was just a walk in the park, something down, one two small little comments here and there, that one two small comments is what we see now, what we face once in a while too. What they faced we can't imagine. But it is their qurbani that today we are seeing, the environment that we are seeing, whatever little semblance of it is there. So despite whatever all the issues and problems and whatever other things go on, but this environment Allah has given us this opportunity, a person has a little talab also, there is a place for him to take the step. There is some opportunities available for him. So this is the issue here, that taking that first step, very often that becomes the big challenge for many. But that is not really something to become afraid about or to start worrying about how will this unfold and who will say what. The courage must be taken with trust in Allah Ta'ala, Allah will change the hearts. The hearts and the control of Allah Ta'ala. So we need to do what we have to do, turn to Allah Ta'ala. Beg His help and Himmate banda, madad-e Khuda. The line in Urdu, Himmate banda, madad-e Khuda. When the servant of Allah Taala, the servant of Allah takes the courage, Allah's help is with it Allah's help comes. So we need to take the courage and do what is the necessary thing to do. So the two actions we had already completed. The first one was keeping a beard to one first length. So if the beard hasn't grown to that length yet, obviously whatever length it might be at, but not to trim it to less than a fist length. And the second aspect we had commenced already about the length of the garments for males, that no garment must cover the ankles. In fact it is best to have the ankles completely clear, shouldn't even touch the ankles. That is the ideal. The least is that the ankles must not be covered. So the hadith Sharif was discussed, Ma'asfala min al-Kaabaini min al-Izari nar. This is the hadith of Bukhari Sharif, when Nabiya Karim sallallahu says, Whatever portion of the ankles is covered by any garments, that is such a threat, pants, kurta, etc., will be in the fire. It is clearly understood from this narration that to cover the ankles is a major sin. Since the warning of punishment of the fire of Jahannam is not given with regard to minor sins, As mentioned that these are things that we need to nevertheless bring in place. If Somebody already has taken the step, alhamdulillah. Somebody has kept the beard correctly, alhamdulillah. Somebody has put his garments in order, alhamdulillah. And if we see somebody hasn't yet done it we have no idea, he might have already made toba, it's a matter of time now that this will reach where it has to reach. So we are not to make any judgment about somebody's end result. Action if it's wrong is wrong. We can't say something that is wrong is right. But we don't make any decision and judgment in our hearts about anybody. On a general note, just for our own understanding and for one and all, that these are sins which even if a person is, for example, in sajda. Now imagine he's in sajda, he might be in front of the Kaaba Sharif. It might be the twenty-seventh night of Ramadan. And perchance he may have got a opportunity to go and make that sajda right inside the Hatim So SubhanAllah, what an opportunity. Twenty seventh night of Ramadan. And he's in the, in Makkah Mukarramah, right inside the Haram Sharif, and then not just in the Haram Sharif, it's inside the Hatim. And then he's in Sajda. So mashallah, he'll get the reward for that Amal, but if his beard is deliberately being shortened to less than a first length, then that sin is with him at that time too. While he's fast asleep also, that sin is still recurring and likewise the person is performing his salah right in front of the Kaaba Sharif and trying to get a lot of khushu and khudu and it is very auspicious time but his garments are below his ankles and that sun is with him at that time too so the this is and there's nothing to gain out of it these things don't give a person any kind of pleasure of any sort it's just the effect of the either environment, people around, whatever, that a person just goes with the tithe but there's nothing to gain out of it, nothing of any sort, not even any, and not that that's something to be sought after, not even any haram pleasure, which is actually a deception but not even any haram pleasure. It's just a totally baseless thing but a serious matter. So therefore, it's a matter of taking courage, making tawbah, and it's done. Once it's done, it's done for good. Inshallah. So it is clearly understood from this narration that to cover the ankles is a major sin, since the warning of punishment of the fire of Jahannam is not given with regard to minor sins. In Bazool Majhud, the commentary of Abu dawud Sharif says that. Mawlana Khalil Rahmat S.A.W. Puri Rahmatullah writes that Izar in the above hadith refers to every such garment that covers the ankles from above such as the pants, the kurta, etc. To cover the ankles with garments with such garments is forbidden. Izar does not refer to anything that is worn from below such as socks. Hence there is no sin in covering the ankles with socks. This prohibition of covering the ankles with garments worn from above is applicable while standing or while walking thus while reclining, sitting, if the ankles are covered there is no harm because the garments if it's a kurta or something it would then obviously get lowered some people are under the misconception, under the serious misconception that it is only necessary to expose the ankles in Salah therefore upon entering the masjid they fold up their pants and expose their ankles and upon leaving once more unfold it. It should be, should be remembered well that the prohibition of covering the ankles is not restricted to salah. The ankles must remain uncovered by one's garments at all times while walking and standing. Once a sahabi radiyallahu anhu said to Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, That my shins have dried up What this meant was, that due to the narrowness of my shins, including my ankles having dried up and becoming thin and unsightly, I wish to keep my ankles covered. This was the purpose of this, what he said. That uh, now it's looking unsightly, so I am asking for this leeway and permission. Rasulullah ﷺ did not permit him to do so, instead in reply he said, Inna Allah la yuhibbul musbil. That Allah ta'ala, verily Allah ta'ala does not love the one who covers his ankles. Now, as discussed yesterday, somebody might still have that why in his mind, but why? So a mu'min's job is not why. A mu'min's job is what and how. What i am supposed to do? How am I supposed to do it? then is amanna wa sallamna what has been authentically conveyed to us from Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam, amanna wa sallamna we then believe in it and we submit to it that's it no ifs and buts the ifs and buts this indicates a deficiency of iman that there's questions about what has come to us from Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam there's questions about Allah ta'ala's ahkam so there's no ifs and buts in a mu'min's heart. In a mu'min's heart it's how, what and how. So now this is what we have been told, this is how it's supposed to be. And in this is in Allah your musbil. Allah Ta'ala does not love a musbil. Musbil somebody who males who lower their garments. Now these words are often spoken, heard in mutual relationships, let alone if somebody's wife said to him something of this nature or the husband said it to the wife, that too will create a problem. Allah forbid! Allah Taala save us from all these evils and vices. People get caught up in haram relationships and then these are it might sound laughable but it's really tragic, very tragic, something that really can, should be cried over, that this too can happen in this manner and sometimes it seems like it's an isolated thing but it's not isolated unfortunately. Once one person came along, young person, very very concerned, very worried, he wants to discuss something, so any case, started talking about, now what's your problem? So the long story short, the khulasa of everything was that he wanted dua, dua for what? Dua that his girlfriend is no more talking to him. So this must get restored. لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله Now can we imagine, now this is not somebody that had no idea about Deen, just came from the bush somewhere. He was a person doing heaps at that time. And one is, that a person is doing something haram, he's involved in a haram relationship and he's conscious of this being a sin, he's conscious of this being an evil, this is... But to the extent where the person has that in his mind and heart that he came to make, ask for dua for something like that. In other words, asking that please make dua, na'uzu billah, that the haram can continue this is a separate masla on his own. If a person is, for example, Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us, nobody should ever feel that he is immune to anything. This is, meaning when some vices are spoken about, at no time should we think that on the one side, Alhamdulillah, should make Shukr Allah Ta'ala saved us from it. So that's something to definitely be grateful for and to feel happy over Allah's na'mad but never to think that this is this is far-fetched from me Allah Ta'ala save us we are all the time dependent purely on Allah Ta'ala's protection we are nobody, we are nothing we have no ability to save ourselves from anything it's purely Allah Ta'ala's grace and we should be forever humble in front of Allah Ta'ala that ya Allah it's purely your grace, it's only your mercy and kindness Allah you have saved me from all these things not my ability or my piety those who had any kind of claim about their piety any kind of claim about their so called taqwa and so on as soon as those claims came in Allah forbid severe faults came after that there should never ever be any claim it's purely Allah grace and we should be forever still asking for more grace and more help of Allah Ta'ala so any case as an example person is caught up in drinking so now he's an alcoholic so this is a major sin where there is Islamic law where the Sharia being implemented, if the person is caught, he will be flogged it's a major sin but as long as he is regarding it as a sin, he realizes it's a sin then this itself will not become kufr. His Iman, his Iman is still there though it's very very deficient, very weak but that sin itself does not constitute kufr but there's a separate masla. Now Nawani is a person who is caught up in this haram, it's a very severe sin but it's not going to itself lead to kufr, meaning it's not itself kufr but a person is taking something haram now he's about to consume something haram he's about to have that alcohol or whatever and now he recites bismillah on that that becomes kufr because that is istighfaf and it's a making a mockery of Allah's name that becomes, that act becomes kufr now that's a very serious matter. Now that haram he was indulging in, that haram was a very terrible thing, major sin. But that didn't tip him into kufr itself. But now this trivializing of Allah name and taking Allah's name on something haram in that manner, in a deliberate way he's doing it, that becomes such a serious thing that that tips him into kufr. So now what the point here is That sometimes certain sins People get so accustomed to it That the evil of that leaves the heart entirely Now can you imagine this situation That the person has, call it the audacity To go to anybody for that matter And to say make dua that this haram continues That's the sum total of it Now what level of nafrat, what level of consciousness of that sin being a sin is there in the heart? Now we won't say that he's made it halal, probably it was just a level of utter jahalat. Just a level of complete jahalat that just, oh, just so deep in that clutches of shaitan at that time, that the person didn't realize what he's saying and what he's up to and what he's asking for, that in that total jahalat he asked for it. So we won't jump to the conclusion that this person too has gone into kufr but it just is at the brink, something like this is at the brink but now this is where things sometimes deteriorate, how far it can go that a person now is getting into those evils and then he starts becoming, he starts questioning it So. We digress from somewhere, the point we digress from, now in this haram kind of relationship sometimes, the person heard that word now, that haram contact said, I don't love you anymore. Now that brought the person into a depression from somebody whose, it's a haram relationship to start off with and that person said, I don't love you and that turned the whole world of the person upside down. Now he's gone into a depression Seen people crying What are you crying over? They're crying over some haram that broke off They're crying over that haram relationship that broke off So now the person is crying Why? Because that person doesn't love me anymore Now for this haram love that broke off We are shedding tears But when Nabi Karim says Allah ta'ala does not love this Doesn't affect us that Allah does not love this action. Allah does not love the person who does this action. Okay, we'll see later. That's the point to the absorb in our hearts. That there are many things that are mentioned in the hadith. In Allah in the Quran Sharif for that matter. in Allah la musrifeen. Inna Allah la man kana fakhura. Allah does not love the musrifeen, those who waste Allah Ta'ala does not love those who boast, those who are proud. Here in this Hadith Sharif, Inna Allah la yuhibbul musbil Allah Ta'ala does not love the person who lowers his garments below his ankles. So now that I don't love you, that is like a lightning on people's hearts depending where it came from. And like a qiyamah took place for them. But Allah Ta'ala is... Nabi Sassam is declaring, Allah is saying, Allah does not love this person, Allah does not love that action. Does that create any shiver in the heart? Does that create any issue? This is the issue to reflect over. It's not just that, well, it's a statement, it's a very deep statement. It's a very deep declaration. It's meant for a mu'min, for an ashik, for a lover of Allah Ta'ala, to be jolted out of that action. Because he cannot dare risk losing that connection with Allah Ta'ala. He cannot dare risk having that relationship interrupted. So these are the aspects to reflect over. Any case, to take it further, Hazrat says, Dear friends, ponder, is it wise that one should deprive himself of the love of Allah Ta'ala by means of covering his ankles. On another occasion, Rasulullah said to a sahabi Whose sheet was dragging on the floor uswatun. This is a portion of a hadith sharif One person was walking And he says that I just heard suddenly from behind somebody saying to me Fa anqa wa atqa. That raise your garment It's lowered too much Raise it and now yours is gone so low it's going to even get soiled as well. So it is anka, it is cleaner for your garment too. And it's atka, it's cleaner for your heart as well. It's very significant that both things are mentioned here. Otherwise somebody would say, No, it's just a matter of mine is not dragging on the floor, so it's clean. Maybe the garment is clean, but is the heart clean then? So anka wa atka. So he sees that I turned around. I initially didn't know who it was, I turned around and I noticed it was Nabiya Kareem sallallahu <clears throat> So he says at that time it just occurred to me that I, I responded and I said that innaha burdatun malha, the gist of this is, there's a very, very, uh, ordinary garment, like something a person wears for his work, so it doesn't matter, it's really, just for our understanding now you have sometimes Person now wearing his work clothes, now his overalls for that matter, just, just as an example. So that's going to get soiled, he gets soiled, it doesn't really matter to him. So that was the, the aspect that he is now getting across. That this kind of garment, if it gets torn a little bit too, it's, it's a very ordinary thing. So it doesn't matter. So now when he gave this, presented this, Alaihi Kareem gave him a response which was a response for him and everybody till Qiyamat. And the response was, leave the all the issues aside. Only one issue to bear in mind. And the one issue is, Amalaka fiya uswatun. Is there not a, an example in my life for you? So he says, I looked at the garment of Nabiya Kareem, his lower garment. So it was midway between his, on his shin, the middle of his shin. So now this was where Nabiya Swasam awesome kept his lower garment m- on the midway of his Mubarakshin. So it's clearly mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, if a person wishes to lower it, by all means he can lower it. Lower it even more. Sahabi asked how, he said, not. The limit is the ankles have got no right in the lower garment or in the garment coming from above, whatever it might be, a kurta or pants or whatever. So that is the limit So that is where it should be But the primary thing The example and the uswa of Nabiya Sallam, That is the guiding light That is the aspect for us to emulate Everything else Everything else is secondary So again this comes back to the same same point No ifs and buts No ifs and buts It's how and what, what and how What did Nabiya Sallam Do, how he did it Because that's the guideline for us that is the path to success. So, this is the, the reply, reply Nabiya Kareem gave him. The question is actually an affectionate warning. Thus, the mere claim of love is not sufficient. Love in reality forces one to follow his beloved. The poet expresses this in the following couplet. <laughs> Had you been true in your love, you would have obeyed him. Verily the lover is obedient to the beloved. The dictates of the love for Allah Ta'ala and His Rasul demand that we do not disobey them. If we obey every command of His, then we are indeed true in our claim of love. <coughs> so this was the second action to acquire the friendship of Allah. Ta'ala. Then the third action, the third action protecting the gaze, protecting the gaze from looking at any haram, from casting lustful glances, this was the theme of Hazrat's every bayan. There was rarely an occasion when he gave any advice, any bayan, any nasihat and there wasn't some discussion about protecting the gaze. There would always be some mention of it, illa mashallah, some rare occasion, some short advice, something. That is to say that in this time and age, person who guards his gaze, then the road to wilayat is already open for him. In this zamana, this is the mujahada of the time. And if a person has brought this under control, and inshallah, everything else is very easy then. This is the mujahada of the time where many a person who makes a lot of the other mujahadas, he's probably making mujahada even of sometimes waking up for tahajjud also. So, let alone all his five salah in time, he's also making mujahada of reading his tahajjud regularly. He might be making mujahada of making a lot of tilawat, mashallah. All this is excellent. Making mujahada of being involved in the efforts of deen and so many mujahadas, but come the mujahada of guarding the gaze, and sometimes person, despite all the other mujahadas, slips up badly in this. And the end result, the end result that all the benefit of everything else that he's doing, in terms of the noor that it creates in the heart, the taluk that it develops with Allah Ta'ala, the spirituality that it develops the benefit that came in so many amals that he has been doing everything is all just drained out through the eyes spends 5 minutes and 10 minutes on his phone in some full and everything is gone and let alone everything is gone he's gone 10 steps maybe 50, 100 steps backwards already in terms of that node, in terms of that benefit that came from all the amal and as a result of this we don't end up making any progress in getting closer to Allah Taala. So it doesn't mean that nothing else is to be done. Obviously, everything has to carry on, and likewise, all the other wrongs and vices also we have to refrain from. But this is the mujahada of the time, and a person took the courage to bring this into order and under control then he is already there, insha'Allah. This was his cry and this was his, this is the crux of all his teachings, bring this in place. And he used to say also sometimes, that people want to know that this person got no other topic to speak on. Every bayan that comes, is there nothing else to speak on? So you say when there's a pandemic around, in other words, pandemic, everybody is very well familiar with, Around the time it was not such a commonly understood word, so we shouldn't know what's pandemic all about, but after COVID times, everybody knows what a pandemic means, even little children also know what's a pandemic, so in any case, now when there's a pandemic, there's some now widespread thing, some places now there's whatever, flu or something, so now sometimes there's a more severe pandemic, it's cholera, <laughs> So in some countries these things become very widespread, in every other street corner they have some kind of like makeshift dispensaries, dispensing medication because now there's such a huge population of people, many heavily populated countries sometimes they have these outbreaks. it can become a very severe situation, can become fatal if it gets worse. So now in order to now just... Deal with the matter and deal with the situation. In every other street corner they have dispensaries. All little makeshift dispensaries. The people who are sick now can just come and take the medication and go. So you see, when there's an outbreak of cholera and now somebody is saying that he is dispensing medication for what? He is dispensing medication for a running nose now. This so is that time nobody is dispensing medication for that. That cholera is the serious matter of the moment. That is the disease of the moment that needs to be now attended to this is when this cholera of bad of casting haram glances, is, this pandemic is around. So am I going to be sitting and dispensing medication for flu now? That flu medication is in place, somebody needs it, they'll find it. But this is what is required to be dispensed to one and all. So now this is where the emphasis was placed so strongly on this. So this is the third action protecting the gaze. In this time and age, there is a great neglect in this regard. Many people do not even regard the casting of lustful glances as a sin. Whereas Allah Ta'ala has given the command of protecting the gaze in the Qur'an Sharif. Allah Ta'ala says, قُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ يَغُضُّوا min أَبْصَارِهِمْ Say, O oh, Nabi Wasallam to the believers, that they should lower their gazes. This refers to not looking at non-mahram women. Likewise, they should not even gaze at beardless youth. In fact, even if a youngster's beard has grown to some extent, but one still finds the heart somewhat inclined towards him, then to look at him is haram. The crux of the matter is that any such face which one derives haram pleasure from gazing at, it is haram to look at such a face. The protection of the gaze is such an important aspect that Allah Ta'ala has separately commanded the woman also to guard their gazes. In Arabic, The gender is separate in in the usage of the word. The male gender is different and the feminine gender is different. In English it's all one and the same. So now the Quran Sharif addresses everybody nevertheless in the male gender. Because the females are automatically then also addressed in that. But when it comes to this particular command in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala separately addresses the males قُلِّ muminin Say to the believing men يَغُضُّوا min absarihim And then Allah Ta'ala separately وَقُلِّ muminat يَغْضُدْنَ مِنْ أَفْصَارِهِمْ In the following ayah. And say to the believing woman as well. Just in case somebody thinks that they are excluded. Say to the believing woman that they too must lower their gazes. This aspect is unlike the commands of Salah, fasting and other injunctions, wherein the women have not been given a separate independent command. Rather the males have been addressed and women have been included in these commands on the basis of being subservient to men. In the narration of Bukhari Sharif it is reported that Rasulullah ﷺ said Zina Ayni An nazar," The casting of lustful glances is the fornication of the eyes. Zina nadar, the casting of lustful glances is the fornication of the eyes one who casts lustful glances and is indulging in fornication cannot even dream of becoming a wali of Allah ta'ala unless he sincerely repents from this evil inshallah we'll continue Allah give us tawfiq this is as mentioned a very very fundamental Lesson that we have to bring this matter under control, forsake this haram of looking at evil and especially in the zamana and age, shaitan has complicated it and compounded it with the phone. So, many a times there is not one, there is 101, maybe not 101, 1001. 1001 reasons why we must have a smartphone. Now, if somebody is using it correctly, well and good, but now if somebody has some very useful instrument, very useful, very beneficial, it's a wonderful knife and very useful, but he somehow keeps getting cut with that knife. Every now and again he is hurting himself, cut himself, needed stitches, and one time it nearly become fatal, because he somehow is not managing to use it right. Now if it's some child, some child meaning grown up, but he's still under the parents' care, they're going to take it away from him. And if he's not under their care anymore too, they're going to tell him, you just stay out of this. Friends, people around him, whoever knows him, whoever has any concern for him, his family, say, look, this, this is too dangerous for you. Put it away. This was such a useful instrument and so often I use it for so many beneficial things, all that in its place but you're going to kill yourself with this one day. Already it was nearly dead so many times and now you, you, you stay out of it. Next time you want to cut something, you tell us we'll come cut it for you. But you don't touch this. Why? Because it has led to near, near death so many times and so many injuries already. So now despite all the benefits of that instrument, that knife, nobody wants to allow him to have it, and if he has little but sense also, one time, two times, I said, now enough is enough. I can't take a chance with this anymore. So now if a person's phone has become the means of him falling into the evil of watching film, this has become Shaitan's tool of choice, because In one button, he'll get a person caught up in things which previously people had to probably plan for one month to get involved in that kind of sin, people probably had to plan because it had to be number one, go to such distances and then so many things to get to that point before a person gets in that sin, he maybe had to plan, maybe one month is an exaggeration but long time. And here in one press of a button, Allah, from where he can fall to where? From the heights of the benefits of ayatikaf, to the dungeons of Allah, what haram. The peak of the ruhaniyat after maybe 40 days in Jamaat, 4 months, spending years in a madrasa, spending time in a khanqa, and developing that boost of Iman, and now, half an hour on that phone and he's gone not ten steps, hundred steps behind where he started off. So now this is how dangerous this has become. This is Satan's... Every fisherman, he devises a better hook all the time. Now somebody said, Allah knows best all these things, hear about it once in a while. Says now they're fishing by technology. You no, that thing is going by, it's all controlled now. There's some Allah knows best how these things work But the, the device that is attached to that That is seeking where the fish is And is catching the fish Subhanallah So now the fisherman is sleeping Maybe in his boat And something else is fishing for him Shaitan has done the same thing also He is devising new hooks all the time And he has devised a smart hook That smart hook He is probably relaxing now He say, I don't have to do anything further now Allah knows shaitan never relaxes because he feels that he can still try and derail more but with this smart hook that he has devised he is probably feeling very relieved now that he doesn't have to work so hard anymore this person will hang himself Allah forbid, Allah save us so this is shaitan's hook now and he is also fishing to take people, Allah forbid, to Jahannam to drop people from all the effort they made the fast that they kept, the atekaf that they performed, the effort of deen they made, whatever other time they expended, studying deen, etc. So much of effort, so much of time, so many people's efforts involved in it. So much goes into all these amal sometimes. So shaitan is also waiting, when shaitan was expelled from the heavens, then he also declared something, he also exposed his plan. And he said, لَأَقْعُدَنَّ لَهُمْ سِرَاتَكَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ ثُمَّ لَآتِيَنَّهُمْ مِنْ بَيْنِ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِمْ وَعَنْ ايْمَانِهِمْ وَعَنْ شَمَائِلِهِمْ So I will be also sitting on the side of the state path, sirat e Any good that a person does to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, all that is part of sirat e He goes for Salah, that is on the sirat e So now, on the Sirat al Mustaqim, Shaitan is also there. Uh, he went, he performed his salah, uh, he came out of the masjid, so now mashallah, he performed his faraz, he performed his sunnahs, he made some nawafil, he might have sat in the masjid, made some out of the Quran Sharif as well. There was some talk of deen taking place, he participated in that, he felt a boost of his iman. Shaitan said, I'll be sitting on Sirat al Mustaqim." Now he barely came out, he stood busy putting his shoes on, and somebody came and sat alongside him, and Shaitan got both of them involved in ghibad. So shaitan is sitting there waiting that all what was done in the masjid and all the benefit of all the amal and the salah and the nuraniyat that came and the boost of imam came from that talk of deen, whatever else, shaitan says I am waiting outside, don't you worry, forget outside, sometimes inside already. person barely has left the masjid, already is already involved in the zhibat. Because shaitan is never going to be happy with somebody gaining in deen, getting closer to Allah every step somebody is taking to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, shaitan is trying to grab him in the opposite direction. So now the person, mashallah, spent time in etikaf, ten days in etikaf, he spent time in jamaat, he spent time in a madrasa, he spent time doing so many good things, he spent time making tilawat of the Quran Sharif. Shaitan is not going to be content now that this person now, well, he's doing something now, let him go, carry on. So now, do what? So therefore, Shaitan will try to use anything and everything and in this time and age that smartphone is his smart choice this is his smart hook this is his smart device so we have to become super conscious and super careful if this has cut us one time, cut us two times, cut us five times then all that 101 reasons, that 1001 reasons take it and put it aside like that knife, somebody got cut one time, two times, three times One time he was working with it and he slipped it cut his wrist too. Allah forbid, are we waiting for this to cut our iman? Are we waiting for it to destroy everything? How many people's families it's destroyed? How many people's marriages it's wrecked and broken out? How many people's lives it's turned upside down? And we keep hearing about it. We keep getting into touch with people who will give their own experiences where they fell and how they fell and why they fell so now we need to take an ibrah from this Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us this should become part of daily dua as well That Allah Ta'ala save us from these all the harms of these devices etc and if as mentioned that if now we got cut one time two times, three times, five times now what are we waiting for? Now we take the 101 and 1001 reasons and put it aside and get rid of the smartphone and have a basic phone that just can do the basic things even that too is not without its possibility of being misused but it will reduce the risk from from 100% to 1% maybe or half a dozen percent, 5% maybe whatever but at least we'll get saved from that 95% then it will be like we're walking around with a knife still but a blunt knife a blunt knife can do some damage if it's a person wants to force it to do some damage but inshallah with that just accidental slip you won't get cut because it's blunt so that is the sharpest thing to do is to rather have a blunt knife (laughs) so that a person doesn't get cut then so this is Something that we hear about from time to time, but again, when the time comes to take the step, then all that same so-called 101 reasons will come in. Business reasons, this reason, that reason, many a person who said, but I have to have this for my business because now everything has, the whole trends have changed, business is happening through the phone only. Is so Very well, the place of business is the business. So you leave it there. You don't walk out with it from there. That, that business tool will remain in the business. And when you leave, you leave with that blunt knife. So that you don't get cut. And that too you use it in the presence of others. Don't use it on your own because you have already, whenever you are alone, that just keeps cutting you. It just flips. So basically we have to take the necessary steps and There are ways and means of keeping ourselves away from the harm of these things. But the primary thing is the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. If that has been developed, but then too, the distance that we keep from all these things, that becomes safer for us. Otherwise in that one moment, Shaitan person is walking on slippery ground, no matter how carefully he is walking, is when the mud is thick, and the mud is thick even the elephant can slip when the mud is thick then even the elephant can slip who are we? we are not even compared to a fly and a mosquito where we can take chances where the mud is thick forget where the mud is thick even slippery ground is too dangerous for us even just slightly wet ground is too dangerous for us so we need to take the step and do ourselves the favour and stay far away from these things inshallah it will protect our iman then that noor, that benefit of the amal, this will grow this will start building up the talluk Allah otherwise sometimes the person says but I'm just feeling as empty as ever I'm performing my salah, making tilawat of the Quran Sharif I'm doing this, that, but I'm just feeling as empty as ever and that empty as ever is not just something that just gets confined to that emptiness within then it starts also creating an emptiness without, meaning it starts putting everything else upside down, outside as well. One of the things that, now many times when people mention this kind of thing, now you say, okay, you're feeling this emptiness despite what you're doing in terms of amal, but is there something else you're doing also, say something else what, See it's what you're not supposed to do. So now eventually it comes back to the same thing, that yes but I'm not guarding my gaze, I'm looking at the filth and haram on my phone. So when that is the case, so now the person has got, mashallah, a big huge tank, and he's got a tap open on the top, and the tap, mashallah, is filling the tank at the rate of maybe 100 liters a minute, also. So at a big massive line is coming in. The line of Ramadan, it's a line of I'tikaf, it's a line of out in the path of Allah Taala, it's a line of, mashallah flowing in at 100 liters a minute. Mashallah that is flowing in at 100 liters a minute but he's made a big hole at the bottom of the tank it's flowing out at the rate of 200 liters a minute. So because initially there was something so but after a while now whatever is coming in every drop is getting drained out immediately. Some moisture gets left on the side. So now at the end of that whole exercise Mashallah whatever amal a person did the sawab he'll get. But there's something called that Nuraniyat, that spiritual strength that comes with it. That boost of Iman that it creates in the heart. That is the quality of that Iman. That quality gets completely drained with all this. So now the person is as empty as ever, he's feeling that emptiness. And then that emptiness, one is inside, then the impact of all this on the outside. One of the most common effects And this is something that time and time again when people discuss the issues then this is not something that's the only reason, there's 101 reasons in that regard too, but this is one of the very common issues. People who keep getting involved in watching haram and filth, though they're doing it in their own privacy, hiding and doing it, whatever, but it has repeatedly been the case that they have been major issues in their marriages, problems all the time, some arguments, fights, whatever else. And sometimes there's apparently no reason for all that. One is now there is some outward reason why this argument is taking place all the time, why is this fight all the time. So sometimes there's something that you can pinpoint and identify. Often there is nothing that can be identified as such, meaning something that can take it to this level. That this intensity of arguments and fights and quarrels and becomes like a jihannam in that four walls. That intensity, there is apparently no reason for it to bring it there, small little things happen anywhere and everywhere. But very often behind the scenes, this is the reason. That when that becomes the situation of a person who is involved in watching this filth and haram, the first thing that seems to happen as a... Wallahu alam, first thing or what... But one of the things that seems to always happen is that it just blinds him to the halal Allah has blessed him with. That halal wife Allah gave him, he becomes deprived of that whole muhabbat and benefit. And so now that becomes a strange relationship. That becomes a... He is not interested anymore in the halal Allah gave him. He is only interested in the haram. So as a result every minor thing becomes very irrit- irritating to him. And that one irritation to the other, this has become a very common problem unfortunately and very often the root issue is this. So Allah ta'ala give us a tawfiq, we make sincere tawbah from all these things and one is making tawbah which is necessary at the same time to distance ourselves from the means of these sins. That is also extremely necessary. الله تعالى جميع التوفيق واخر دعوانا ان الحمد لله رب العالمين سبحان
1: الله بحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا